time to attend the call today. I'm joined today by our Group CFOO, Matthew Durbin. We will now take you through the results for the half. Uh, for the half year ended 1st of January 2023, and a trading update for the first seven weeks of H1 FY23. There will be an opportunity to ask some questions at the end. In opening, I'm delighted with the H1 results in what is the first uninterrupted half in more than two and a half years. The teams continue to focus on customers. Fresh new product and full margin sales has delivered a terrific result. Group EBIT of 91.2 million is in line with the guidance we provided in our trading update um, in January and a very significant increase on the prior year. As shown in our investor presentation, which was released to the ASX yesterday evening, key, key highlights include the opening of 53 new stores, bringing the total store numbers to 805 stores. Our contactable customer base grew by 300,000 customers to 9.6 million customers. Online sales represented 19% of sales and have grown by 160% to 134 million since H1 FY20. While sales in H1 23 were below the prior year, I'm very pleased that digital EBIT was up 10% on last year due to improved margins and the efficiency drive from the team. Vertical brand and product sales are more than 50 million and 7% of total sales has been very pleasing for us. And the opening of 15 new Lucy stores and out trading and trading um, with pleasing results. Sig and significant continued growth in Platypus and Sketches with 20 new stores opened um, in the half. So we're, we're quite pleased. Um, I will now hand you over to Matthew Durbin. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, turning to the sales and profit on page five, um, total sales for the half including TAF franchisees of $825 million, uh, which were up 39% to the prior year. Um, a gross margin improvement of 190 basis points to 55.2%. A cost of doing business was 42%, an improvement of 470 basis points. Even of 91 million was up 200%, and the company delivered MPAT of 58.3 million. Adjusting for the 27th week, EBIT is estimated at $81.2 million, representing a compound growth of more than 13% per annum over the undisrupted half 1FY20. Inventory levels at the end of the, the half are clean and reflect strong, strong in stocks of core lines and wholesale stock ready for sales in half two. Moving to digital and online on page seven. Digital sales have increased 160% in the last three years. It was expected that online sales would pull back in half one FY23 on the back of store disruption experienced last year. For half one, the mix of online sales at 19% has grown from under 12% in FY20. And half one FY23 was also a record for online EBIT. The focus for online for the last 12 months has been achieving profitable sales through improved gross margin and lower costs in digital marketing and distribution. All the health measures of digital remain strong, with ongoing improvements in conversion rate, average order value and sessions. 
We continue to invest in new and upgraded websites and underlying digital infrastructure. Turning to VIP and loyalty on page eight. Intactable customer numbers grew by 300,000 customers to 9.6 million customers. This continues to be the result of a strong drive to invite customers to provide emails in store, along with the impact of our loyalty programs now in place in TAF, Sketches, Hype, Platypus and Merrill. The company now has 7.4 million members signed to our loyalty programs, driving repeat spend behaviour and improved customer value. Our new customer data platform is now live and enabling deeper insights and more effective targeting. Moving on to page nine, retail, wholesale and vertical. Uh, during the half, 53 stores opened, uh, 13 stores transitioned and eight stores closed from discontinued banners and two stores closed where sustainable renewal terms could not be agreed. New stores continue to perform strongly with 27 new stores opened in Platypus and Sketches and Nude Lucy now has 15 stores all trading well. At least 20 stores are planned to open in half to FY23. Wholesale sales also continue to grow in half one FY23 driven by existing and new distributed brands. Sales of vertical owned brands and products grew to more than 50 million in half one and continue to support the improvement and underlying gross margin. Coming now to uh, dividends and trading update on page 11. Um, the business has announced a fully frank interim dividend of 12 cents per share, which is a record interim dividend. In terms of the trading update, trade for the first seven weeks of half two has been positive. Like-for-like like sales are up 16% on the prior year, and including week 27 for the last eight weeks are up 24%. Noting the first seven weeks of half two last year were significantly impacted, and we were cycling negative, and we are cycling negative comps. Now back to Daniel to wrap up. Thanks, Matt. Whilst we can continue to recognise that there is some uncertainty in the economic outlook, up to this point, we have not yet seen any significant change to consumer spending in our categories. Many of our brands target a younger customer demographic who tend to be less impacted by interest rates and the cost of living pressures. To conclude, I'm very pleased with the ongoing progress that has been made on all our key growth strategies as we continue to build a strong, defensible business in Australia and New Zealand. Our portfolio of global distributed brands, own vertical brands, integrated digital capability and the large store network are all core assets of the group and position the company well for growth into the future. That concludes our presentation today and we would be very happy to take any questions. Thank you. Thank you. We will now begin the Q&A session. As a reminder to the audience, to ask a question, please select the raise hand button at the bottom of your Zoom screen to be placed in the virtual queue. Our first question comes from Sam Teager. Sam, please go ahead and ask your question. Oh, hi, guys. Good morning. Thanks for the presentation. I was wondering, can you comment on how you're finding February trading compared to January? Um, g'day Sam, it's Daniel. Um, hey Daniel. Well, we're yet to see, um, the only way we can measure it is via the comps. And right now the comps are holding up. Um, 
February is always a tougher month, but so the only measure we've got is the comps. And so far, we've seen no no real difference to date based on what we were seeing in January. Got it. And based on current sales trends in the business and potentially the consumer weakening throughout the year, you know, how much inventory are you, you keen to carry um, over CY23 and what's the plans around that? Um, g- given we've not really seen any pullback, um, and look, indeed it might come and we, we won't be immune and, and all the things, you just can't, you just can't read the crystal ball. But from what we're seeing at the moment, we have uh, taken a position that we will not be cancelling any stock, um, forward orders, um, and, uh, essentially it's just business as usual. So, um, our inventory position is quite clean at the moment. Um, uh, any, any, uh, I guess, uh, deemed overstocks are in core and, um, they're selling well for us. So we've taken a position to not discount any core lines. Um, really no need at this stage to, to, to do anything but trade on. Understand. And the 16% comps you're doing in the trading update period, um, how much of that would be priced? Just trying to get an understanding of, of what's volume. Hey Sam, Matt here. It's, it's hey, very Matt. difficult to very difficult to unravel um, price uh, in in terms of you know if you think about the period we, we were cycling last year, it was heavily disrupted, and we were discounting to clear inventory uh, left over from the period that we'd been closed. So um, there's certainly a, a fair bit in price, um, but unraveling how much is removal of discounting compared to how much is price increases is um, next to impossible, uh, if that makes sense. So I can't really give you a sense of how much is volume and how much is price. We, we can't measure it with any accuracy. All right. And, and, and last question really quickly. Um, given the success you're having in Nude Lucy, do you think any of your other, you know, new or non-core formats get closed over this half? Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, you, no, not at all, mate. We, we've exited uh, anything that wasn't achieving the uh, the metrics that we required. Nude Lucy so far is pleasing, and it will have zero effect on um, any growth plans we've got in the rest of the um, the banners. All right, so, so all the exits of non-performing formats are done. There'll be no more. Nope. Not, well, not at this stage, unless the world changes. At this stage, it's um, um, all go forward. Great. Thanks, and uh, good job on the good result. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. So the next question will come from Keegan Boyson. Keegan, please go ahead and ask your question. Uh, good morning, team. Uh, first one for me, just, just on the GMs. Um, can you talk a bit about the, the FX impact GM in the first half? Because it looks like it, it would have come off a bit in November, December. And, and just talk around the trend there. And, and does the Sun one in the second half and, and when um, would we expect that to, to start rolling through? Thanks, Keegan. Uh, Matt here. Um, so a um, couple of uh, sort of points on margin for the first half. The, the, the increase on the prior year uh, was driven through uh, a few things. So first and foremost, um, again, unwinding the discounting that we did last year to keep our inventory under control. Uh, we continue to drive underlying margin improvements um, with our 
new vertical programs and uh, and our distributed brands and and the increased mix on both of those uh, continues to drive that that underlying margin. Um, in terms of currency, it was an impact in um, November and December, uh, and indeed into January. Um, we had um, planned for levels uh, of currency uh, higher than you know, low 60 cents, which we experienced in late October and November. Uh, we bring a lot of our um, international stock in in those months, and um, we're only hedged at about 50%, so quite a chunk of that was bought at those um, those lower rates, which is just just what it is. Um, it does start to unwind in the second half. Uh, we've popped a um, a slide in the back of the pack, which shows you that our hedge rate for the for the second half sits at about 73 cents. Again, um, we're usually only about 50% hedged, so um, the, the the final rate will depend on where the, the currency sits. But uh, certainly, as we get into the back end of this half. Um, we're hopeful at this point that um, currency becomes a bit more of a tailwind, where it's been a headwind in the last few months. That, that, that's great. And then moving on for you, Dan, um, you talk a bit about the performance of the new stores you've put um, down over COVID. I mean, you've, you've effectively almost doubled your store count. Uh, first day of 23 should be a relatively clean period. Just keen to hear how you're seeing the, the economics of the new stores stacking up and, and the performance by region, please. Um, well, we've been quite pleased. Um, uh, you know, we, we did we did do a lot of work um, through that COVID period, I suppose, and some of the benefits are coming through now. Um, where we have open stores, the, you know, we, we have what we call a, um, a a PET, a performance evaluation uh, tool we use to to decide whether a store should go ahead. Um, we've indeed increased the hurdles on that to make sure that before we sign up to any new store, the hurdles are are actually um, uh, more challenging um, for the team, um, and that that drive has um, has really allowed us to experience some 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 really good new store um, opening performances. Um, the the uh, where we've expanded some stores as well that's been positive. Um, as an example, Miranda in Sydney, we expanded that store, took more space on, and that's been positive. Um, we will look to do that in, in, in more centres as we move forward. But in the main, um, where we are opening up new stores, um, uh, not only are we getting the um, good outcomes on EBITs uh, out of those stores, but it's certainly allowing us to, to drive the database um, harder than ever before and allowing us to capture more and more emails. As an example, we, there's 300,000 new, new customers that have joined our, our database that's really um, compelling for us. That, that's great. So then when we think about the, the economics of the new stores, there's nothing to say that the returns or the margins, even though the sales and, and the, the formats will be a bit smaller, are anything different to what the core brands were sort of pre-COVID or before you, you did this rollout? No, that's that's right, Keegan. That's a, that's a very um, uh, safe statement to make, and we're, we're not seeing it any differently. Uh, the new stores are performing well, hitting their metrics, no fundamental change. Um, it, it is true that uh, some of the regional stores we're opening performing very well. Um, they're on nice low rents, uh, and um, you don't have to hit the same level of sales. Um, you, you perhaps don't get the same dollar value of profit as some of the big guns in the, you know, the super, you know, suburban stores. However, return on investment's terrific, um, and, uh, and the rents are very low. So, um, you know, that's. That's one 
one dynamic uh, that, that may well be bringing our average sales down slightly and our average profit per store, uh, but it's not impacting the return on investment. That, that's great. And just last one for me, um, you mentioned before, Dan, around um, pumping up the, the return targets that you have for new stores. Just first on store growth, do you think it's going to moderate anytime soon in terms of the rollout? Um, if not, sort of what brands do you see growing within the, within the core network? And then what are the return or ROIC targets that you have um, on those existing stores now, please? Um, well, right now, um, we still see a long runway. Um, that'll be determined by what rental outcomes we can achieve with our landlords. Um, as, as I mentioned, uh, the, the hurdles are harder. Um, for, uh, we've put in harder hurdles to hit before we uh, we decide to open the store. But um, in the main, I mean, we still see growth in major growth in Sketches, Platypus. Um, uh, you know, we've got um, Nude Lucy. Uh, we've got um, you know well, all the banners basically. There's there's a, there's growth um, all over the place. But in in the in the main, it's uh, you know Sketches has still got a long long runway, and you just got to take a look at the products we've got. Um, in that business, it's it's in the best shape we've ever seen it, um, and and it continues to um to build momentum. Keegan, just to sort of add to that, you know, in, interest rates are higher, cost of capital has gone up because of that, and um, we've we've increased our hurdles. Previously, we've talked about you know at least twenty percent um, for new stores. Now we're you know. As you'd imagine, we're sort of five to ten percent higher than that. So around the thirty percent mark is the benchmark for um, ROI that we're setting for the, for the new stores going forward. That's great, Carl. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Kigan. Our next question comes from Sophie Karen. Sophie, please go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Daniel and Matt. Thanks for taking my question. Um, first one, just regarding the comment around your focus on profit growth in Glue Store and Style Runner. Can you talk a little bit about how the margin performance is in these two banners versus your expectations? And then I guess a little bit more colour on what you need to do from an execution standpoint to get those margins where, where you'd like them to be. So, so I'll take the, the first part of that. Um, it was pleasing that, that those banners, you know, were hit positive EBIT for half one, Sophie. Um, it's, um, you know, very honestly, though, the margins still aren't where we'd like them to be in, in those businesses. Um, we were still, um, yeah, clearing through some product and, um, you yeah, we're, we're probably, you know, we've still got a, a bit of a way to go to get that right. I might sort of then throw to Daniel just to talk about some of the, the things that are underway because there's plenty of activity going on. Um, yeah, well, um, all, all of it will lead to, to margin improvement, but we are reviewing um, all the store base. As you're probably aware, if you take the, the business of glue, um, we purchased it. We were very, very disrupted in that business. Um, we bought products, then we ended up being closed, so we had to deal with all of that. But um, we have a, uh, a, 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 a made a change in terms of um, management. Um, Steve Cohen is the divisional CEO of that business, um, as well as um, Star Runner. And some of the changes that are going on uh, are going on in there. When you measure KPIs, are very encouraging. Um, and uh, we continue to, I guess, explore where where we think there's a niche in the market that allows us to grow a whole lot faster than just doing the same as what the market's doing today. So there's a, a lot of work going on in that space. Um, that includes some some 
some refits. Um, you know, are we too masculine? Are we too, are we too feminine? Um, all of those type of measures are being reviewed at the moment and that takes a little bit of time, but the KPIs are, um, uh, encouraging. Great. That, that's helpful, Carla. Thank you. And then just um, a sort of follow-up to the previous question, can you just give us a little bit of colour around sort of lease discussions and um, landlord contributions on store fit-outs and just how, how how that sort of balance between the landlord and yourself is going when it comes to opening new stores? Uh, yeah, look, a, a, good, a good question, Sophie. Um, the, the centres are full. Um, their, their vacancy rates are um, better than they've seen them for a long, long time. Um, and I think that's a great thing for the industry overall. Um, it's buoyant. Um, and uh, thankfully for us, we've got, you know, a lot of banners that, that work in a lot of the shopping centres. So we're able to, to I guess, negotiate, um, you know, some key locations um, and uh, at least we think some 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 fair outcomes on on um, on commercials, and um, so far we you know it, it's basically business as usual. Um, what that does moving forward, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not sure, but we we certainly have not had to slow down store growth because the the uh, the commercials are not as good as they were. That's that hasn't occurred yet. Excellent, that's helpful. And then just one final question from me, just around the life-for-like sales performance um, through the first weeks of the second half. I guess just any sort of colour you can provide around um, particular strength among um, among different banners, and then to what extent do you think that's benefited from some of the back-to-school support, um, particularly thinking around the athlete's foot? Um, well, the athlete's foot had a, had a great back-to-school period, um, uh, very pleasingly for us, a lot of the products that that sold um, uh, for back to school were were in the vertical bucket, i.e. products that we now make and own. Uh, one of those brands is is named Alpha, um, that is wholly designed by us, made by us, and um, and sold through our our stores. That's allowed us to enjoy better margins, um, and that program continues to build year on year. Um, in terms of what's going on across the industry, um, through COVID, a lot of the, a lot of the um, a lot of the brands almost held back some releases because there was no feel and touch. Now that we've got all of our customers, or many eighty percent of our customers, going back into the stores, a lot of our brands are releasing products that they they probably withheld from the market, and that's been fantastic for us. We're full of fresh new product. There's some fantastic trends going on um, and um, if you take a, a look at um, a brand like Crocs for those of you that may have uh, bought a pair of those shoes in the past um, I'm not going to argue whether they're good looking or not um, the market is loving them and uh, Platypus has been the number one seller of that uh, of that trend in Australia and New Zealand um, and then I can't um, uh, bypass sketches it's the most on trend we've ever seen it we have uh, two or three um, uh, silhouettes that are just trending super, super well. And we've got a lot of intel from what's going on around um, uh, Northern America and Europe about what some of the wins that sketches are having worldwide. And we're simply the beneficiaries of all that. So um, we're, we're very, um, very pleased with uh, um, what we look like in store. And it's, it's probably the most on trend I've seen 
the accent group in all of its banners in a long, long time. Great. That's very helpful. Thanks for taking my questions. Thank you, Sophie. Our next question comes from John Hind. John, please go ahead and ask your question. Oh, good morning, Daniel and Matthew. Thanks for your presentation and, and taking my questions. Um, uh, I'm just perhaps drilling down on a couple um, that have been asked already. On the, um, probably from Matthew, on the um, slide deck uh, and slide, oh, there's an FX rate slide and gross margins. It sounds like in the first half 23, sounds like what you're telling us, there was still a little bit of pressure um, from currency that's, and purchasing that's rolled through into second half. Um, but you're sort of suggesting that with 70, a 73 currency now, um, hedged that there might be sort of upside to the fourth quarter margins. Uh, is that, is that what you're indicating? And are we, are we talking about margins closer to first half 20? when the currency was 73 again, or given the, I guess, investments you've made recently in the you know, back-to-core focus, is there a little bit more upside from that you know, 57 level for the fourth quarter? Uh, th- thanks, John. Good question. Um, as you described, the shape uh, is, is a very uh, good, good way to think about it. Um, so as those um, 73 cent hedges come rolling into the into the inventory and we get into the fourth quarter that um, I'm very hopeful we're very hopeful that will become a bit of a tailwind to margin we tend to have a, a half one half two um, split of margin if you look historically back to some undisrupted years half one tends to be a little bit higher uh, than half two um, part of that's because June sale is a good time to you know, clear, clear the decks, and historically we've used that to, to make sure we clean up any um, ills before we go into the into the new year. Um, so, look, without trying to predict the future, I, I don't think we'd get a half one result, sorry, a half two result um, at, at that level of uh, 57. Um, we, we haven't had that historically. Um, uh, but let's trade it and, and see. Um, we're, we're certainly um, uh, hopeful that uh, half two, you know, um, will be um, will be a bit better than last year, and we'll we'll, we'll get some um, improvement. Yeah, thanks. I guess taking that one step further, you know, you've got a very clean inventory position now. You've, I think, you did you hosed a lot of the, um, I guess, clearance items in this. Half, so yep. you know perhaps there is that risk with that fourth quarter. You don't have as much that needs, um, I guess, stock that needs cleared out in June. Yeah, and, and uh, that that could well be the case. And yeah, you know, it comes to how how trade goes over the next five months. As Daniel said, we're not saying anything we didn't expect yeah. at the moment. We're yep. waiting for a, a reasonably good time. So there was some some clearance uh, just. Just to clarify, though, into January, so um, yeah, the Christmas sale starts in um, on Boxing Day, but it goes for about three weeks. So there's a couple of weeks in the second half where we were we were chewing through um, some of that discontinued stock. Yeah, actually, thanks for the reminder there. Um, yep. Just another one or two, if it's okay. Um, 
I noticed they're also in the pack. You've consolidated the emerging brands in your in the store count slide. Um, yep. Is that a formality or is it a change in strategy on how you're thinking about um, those new brands, given how strong um, the underlying and legacy business is at the moment? Um, we normally talk to Glue a lot as well, and I guess it's because the store count's a bit higher and it's new. But um, on top of that question, I guess, can you also talk about um, uh, Nude Lucy? You know, you're saying that you've done 15 stores there. Um, what sort of pathway do you think you've got there? And do margins, can, do margins compare to perhaps Style Runner, or are they, are they more attractive? Um. I can answer the nude Lucy part. Um, the, the, the margins are higher, um, are higher than Style Runner by some. Um, the, uh, the reason for that is that we we actually completely design the product, um, make it um, retail it, wholesale it, and of course uh, put it through a digital site. Um, in terms of um, uh, you know we've got 15 stores there. I'd be Quite disappointed if we didn't do a few more um, very quickly, so we're working on that. Um, and uh, I guess um, we're, we're, we've now got uh, some stores in, in the west, Western Australia, Queensland, Sydney, and a couple in Melbourne. And we're just trying to make sure that it's um, absolutely right in you know in, in all areas of Australia. And at the moment, it's feeling um, it's quite pleasing. Um, of course, it's a, it's a competitive space. So, you know, as far as we, we're concerned, it's, it, 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 it's lumbered into our, uh, I guess, vertical drive across um, the Accent Group. And right now, it's, um, it's pleasing. Um, John, to pick up on your question of um, why we've um, uh, sort of consolidated those three together, um, in, in part it's because those businesses all have a you know, a fairly significant apparel element to them. Um, it doesn't necessarily, and, it, and as Daniel alluded to earlier, we've now got um, a, um, a very senior, competent guy running uh, all three of those businesses as the divisional CEO. Uh, so we just felt that um, that it was sort of appropriate to to put those together. It's the first time we've talked about Nude Lucy as well. Uh, previously, that sort of you know sat in other. Um, but um, yeah, I wouldn't read anything more into that other than that's that's how we're thinking about it. Sure, thanks. Just a further question on that, uh, perhaps for you, Daniel. Um, Fifteen stores with Nude Lucy. Are you? And you've talked about competition. Would one of the larger competitors in the space be um, Universal's Perfect Stranger Stores? Is that um, uh, is that where you're seeing? competition at the moment. I think they've talked to having seven stores by the end of the year as well. No, I think they're, they're after a, a different customer. Um, our customer, we feel, um, our customer, it's much more um, in the comfort fashion area. Um, you know, call it the, the, the resort wear, if you will, compared to I think their customer is a little bit more streety and uh, younger. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't see them as competition. Um, but, but, you know, it, it, every fashion retailer has got an element of what we're doing um, in terms of this comfort fashion, but we've managed to put all on the, all under one roof. 
we feel the stalls look um, look, look appropriate, and we've got a great team in there um, uh, driving um, not only product but also systems, and um, we, we hope to uh, to see you know four, five, six stores pretty soon um, uh, to increase that to get over 20 stores very quickly and see what happens. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, just one more, sorry for me. Uh, the dividend was pretty um, was a pretty nice dividend, uh, reflects a pretty full payout ratio. Um, how's the board thinking about, I, mean, I guess, how does the board make that decision? And then um, how's the board thinking about the second half as well? Please. I think you'd have to read it as um, a positive, obviously. We've stated um, uh, in, in the past that the business, um, if, if, if we don't need the cash in the business to do what we want to do, um, and we can do all of it based on what our current cash flows show, then we will pay it out to the shareholders and reward shareholders. Um, and, you know, we've had a great half um, cash flows show that um, – that we should be rewarding shareholders, and uh, we will continue to do that. The day will come uh, when we want to uh, put up another 100 or 200 stores, and that dividend may change. Uh, we may need to keep it. But uh, right now, um, we're in a, a, a very strong position in terms of cash flow. Our balance sheet is very solid, um, and we took a decision to reward shareholders. Right. Thanks. Sure. Thanks, Daniel. Sure. Yes. I'll just add to that. Um, people shouldn't see that as uh, any um, sort of reflection of, you know, we're, we're not going to deploy cash in the business for growth either. So, you know, the nice thing at the moment with a half like that is, you know, you can, you can pay out a good dividend. Uh, we've also got, um, you know, some pretty um, decent facilities in place that we did at great pricing, you know, uh, 18 months ago. And um, so it's not a... It's not a choice between um, investment or dividend, if that makes sense. It's, uh, it's actually both. Yeah, you're in a great position to be able to do both. Um, yep. Thanks very much, uh, Daniel and Matthew, uh, and congratulations on, on the strong result. Thank you. Thanks, John. Our next question comes from Chami Ratnapala. Please go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Daniel and Matt. Thanks for taking my questions, and congratulations on a very strong result. Uh, just on vertical sales, I mean, we are around uh, that 50 million mark at the moment. And uh, just came to hear your thoughts with uh, those um, the new banners coming through with good growth. Where do you see vertical sales over the probably next um, 6, 12 or 18 months? Yeah, hey, hey, Chami, how are you? Um, so um, it's certainly a very pleasing performance for vertical. And, um, you know, as you can imagine, um, Nude Lucy's driving a bit of that with, um, with 15 new stores. Style Runner continues to grow as well. And in, indeed, Vertical's growing in all our banners um, through socks and um, accessories and, and the school shoe, the upper school shoes, uh, insoles. So, I mean, we, we previously, I think, you know, if I go back 12 or 18 months when we were probably giving out more targets than we should have, uh, we were calling out a... I hope that um, uh, that vertical could get to 10% of our sales. Um, there's there's no reason to think based on the trajectory that that they can't. And um, you know we've also talked about margins being significantly higher when we're dealing with vertical product than um, than third party. Um, and you know we've been on this journey about three and a half four years. 
Um, we're still learning a lot. Um, there's a lot to learn when um, we're in lots of different categories of, of those. So um, you, you expect that the, the underlying margin in those products would, would improve if, yeah, as we get better over time. That's great. Thanks for that. Uh, you're aware, obviously, um, I mean, th- that is one of my, you know, my, particularly my biggest driver um, with my teams um, uh, on the field that uh, this this area here um, has become very exciting for our business because, one, it gives us exclusivity, but also you get the margin drive. And uh, Matt's called out, um, you know, uh, socks. And, you know, you think of socks as just a little add-on sale here and there, but it's it's super, super strong. Um, we're very, very pleased uh, with what's going on there, and um, the GP dollars coming out of that is very, very pleasing. Thanks for that. That's uh, very helpful. And just to clarify, in the 20 stores for the second half, could we fairly assume that three to four would be new closing, or...? Hello. Shami, just sorry, just um, could you mind saying that again? You just broke up. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, Thank you. Sorry about that. So for the second half uh, with twenty stores, um, is it fair to sort of assume that New Lucy could be three to four there, or? Uh, yes, that that would be fair. Yes, that'd be a fair assumption for sure. Um, uh, four or five will definitely be New Lucy. Perfect. Thanks for taking my questions. Thanks. Thanks, Shami. Our next question comes from Sean Cousins. Sean, please go ahead and ask your question. Uh, thanks. Uh, good morning. Um, just the first question, just on costs. Just can you talk a bit about how you're managing the labour cost sort of pressures with um, you know, just sort of the broader inflation there, and, and just remind us around how the CPI linkages play in your leases. I believe they might be 25% of stores, but if you could just remind us of that, please. Yeah, th- thanks, Sean. Um, good, good question. Lots, lots to unpack in there. Uh, if, if I may, I might um, just talk quickly about how we achieved some of the, um, the, the, the the cost improvements. So, we've certainly had a very strong efficiency drive uh, in costs, um, in particular around the costs associated with digital. Um, so we. Um, We've been very focused on reducing performance marketing costs, leveraging our, our customer database uh, rather than paying, um, you know, paying external providers for, for, for clicks. And, um, and that um, efficiency has been terrific in the last six months. Uh, we've also had a very strong focus on distribution costs and uh, changes to um, charges for delivery, um, driving click and collect in store, and um, and indeed increasing our, our delivery thresholds and, and customers um, we've observed have been prepared to accept those um, and, and that hasn't missed a beat either. Um, if I come to um, uh, the um, question on team costs, so the um, the Jira um, you know, award increase was was effectively 5.3 percent for this year. So so you know we experienced that through the first half. So we were able to. Um, continue to get, you know, um, wage costs, keep wage costs under control, uh, even even in in regard to that that increase um, that, that we've passed on to all of our, our team members, uh, and um, 
correct, about 25% of our portfolio is exposed to CPI increases. Um, again, we clearly had a number of those come through in the first half where, um, where leases came up for expiry. Um, I'm fairly certain if you take our, um, if you take our, our, um, uh, lease costs and look at them as a percentage of sales, um, you'll see that we've, we've gained some efficiencies over prior year. Um, you'd expect absolutely that we would have over the last two years where we had stores closed. Uh, but I now think we're, we're sort of back even under levels experienced in previous years. So, um, efficiency, cost efficiency, is a strong drive for us. We've also called out um, that we felt that um, team costs in support office uh, grew ahead of the curve um, through through COVID, and, and we're very conscious of getting those team costs back to where they need to be um, on the basis of the sales that we're doing. Great. And then maybe just um, more broadly, you've touched a little bit around how you're optimising your performance marketing there, but just... How effectively do you believe you're engaging with your 9.6 million customers? Um, how can that sort of further be optimised sort of going forward, please? Um, uh, first and foremost, it's a huge, um, a, a huge project for us in terms of um, d- doing better with our databases. We've uh, put some work into um, particularly our athletes' foot database, which is very, very strong, and the outcomes have been um, very, very pleasing. Um, that's starting to happen across all other banners. Um, uh, so we, we see upside there as we move forward. I guess what's happening is, um, we, we, you know, we, we, we're getting all these uh, databases um, uh, together, and the fact that our banners are just becoming better known in the market um, is allowing us to spend less on, you know, uh, trying to, trying to, um, I guess, compete for, 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 for the likes of Google and so on. Um, you know, if they think platypus, well, they're going straight to platypus, um, or sketches and so on. And that, that, that's really helping us, um, you know, save the cost there. But, um, to answer your question, um, there's a major, major drive on what we do with, uh, with our loyalty programs in particular for, for the database um, as we move forward. It'll be a big, big player in what we do. And, and this has been our strategy all along to, to get to, you know, a, a pretty big base of customers where you can really drive, um, you know, promotions, exclusive products um, and, and the likes. So to, to be honest, it's, it's one of the most exciting um, parts of what, what I think will see us grow in the future. Great. And then just finally, just around um, the athlete's foot there, just assume the performance there has gone rather well, particularly with a strong back to school there. Just, do you see any sort of changes there in you know, taking on uh, taking on as a corporate some of the franchise stores or your franchise basis set? Just curious around how you're seeing the movement there, please. No, it, it has been very positive. Um, the, you know, that we've got some 65, 70 fr- fr- uh, franchise stores out there. Um, in the main, they're great operators. Um, uh, you know, we, we've now got a, a, a larger portion of that network um, as, as wholly owned by us. Those stores are performing very well. Margins are up in those stores purely because there's a, a major drive on, you know, the continuous drive of vertical products in there. But we've also got some um, some great growth strategies in there. 
with um, at one end your fit outs um, and two the product mix going on in there. I mean, you're aware that we distribute and own the uh, distribution of the Saucony brand. That's been very, very strong. And we're simply delighted that we've got the distribution for Hocker, which is one of the fastest growing brands of the world. Um, that's become a big, big driver in that business and the results have been fantastic. That'll continue to drive that banner. Um, so in the main, um, you know, with, uh, with Athletes Foot, it's simply, um, you know, we just, Keep on the current trajectory and um, and strategy. It, it's it's um, it's it's very pleasing. Fantastic. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Our next question comes from Mark Wade. Mark, please go ahead and ask your question. G'day, guys. Thanks for taking the question. Uh, just starting, uh, Daniel. Just the 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 results are very very strong, and I'm just trying to get a sense of you know, why wasn't the, the six months to to June as strong as what we've just seen in the six months of December when it felt like as an outsider, you know, the macro was pretty similar environment. So, yeah, just can you try and give us a cogent explanation on the sudden improvement there? Um, uh, well, it, it, you know, as, as we come out of Omicron last year, which was, you know, I mean, we were trading, we were trading okay. Um, uh, so, of course, we're, we're getting a little bit of a tick there um, for, for simply doing it right. But as I mentioned, um, a lot of the brands did hold back product. And as that product was released to us, we saw almost instant and was almost overnight um, customers really biting at, at new colour, at new trends. Um, and as I just mentioned, Hocker has been very strong for us and it's a new brand for us. Um, so I, I, I'm going to put it down to product, but I also got to put it down to, to the team. I mean, we feel our stores are looking on point um, we're very, very um, driven towards um, the old customer service, um, which, you know, people talk about, but we're really putting a lot of effort into how do we serve our customers better and produce an environment that, 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 that is exciting um, in, in that space. Um, and to expand a little bit on product, if you take a look at the sketches business, um, it's been very, very strong for us, purely driven on product. So we haven't had to do much, but you know, put the product in people, in, in our customers, um, in faces and, and they're biting, uh, the, you know, they're, they're voting with their wallets. They're, they're hungry for new products. Um, and I see, um, there's a, the shift from, you know, the brown shoes market to what we do in terms of comfortable, fashionable footwear, um, at, at a fair price. That's continuing to trend up and you're hard pressed now to go into the market and see, too many people not wearing a brand, and thankfully for us, um, it's usually a brand that we either distribute or we have great relationships with a third-party operator. Okay, that's been helpful. Thank you. And on the the wholesale business, we're no longer getting separate sales for that. For that, um, can I just get a sense of how do you feel like the customers, your wholesale customers, are are reacting at this point? You know, given where you know, things could get a little bit tighter, are they reacting kind of as expected? Yeah, um, Mark, the, the wholesale channel has been very, very strong indeed, and, and we get um, forward visibility through through sales, you know, up to six months out uh, into that channel. Um, so it continued to experience growth. Uh, certainly, the forward order book um, is in great shape, and uh, yeah, Daniel called out um, 
called out. Uh, so, yeah, Hocker is being a, yeah, a strong mm-hmm. addition, and we wholesale that uh, brand. Uh, frankly, those sketches, um, uh, Performance and, and Dr. Martin's and our core brands uh, in wholesale have been, have been very, very strong as well. So they, we just, it feels like we just continue to get a, a bigger share of shelf space um, with, um, with our wholesale customers, um, you know, so it's, um, it's very positive. No, good place to be, uh, long, Matt, last. And just lastly, Matt, on the on the back end, the consolidation of some of the systems, I know at one point you're looking to cut down the number of ERPs yet you have from about three or four down to one. Just give us an update there if you can. Yeah, absolutely. So we're um, flat out full steam ahead um, doing a, um, a conversion of uh, glue onto the, the core platform. Um, we've already done uh, some of the lifestyle brands that we acquired as part of that um, uh, as part of that transaction, and um, and so, you know, including Nude Lucy and some of the other banners are on AP21. So, but uh, we're we're flat out doing glue at the moment, and uh, then uh, we're going to move to um, to the athletes' foot after that. So um, it's uh, it's going well. These things take time, they're complex, and we want to get them right. Mm. Okay, good update. Yeah, spectacular results, so um, keep it going. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Our next question comes from Keegan. Please go ahead and ask your question, Keegan. Uh, thanks for taking a follow-up, team. Uh, just last one for me. Um, you paid down about $20 bucks of debt in the half. Just keen to get a sense of how comfortable you are with the current level of gearing, particularly in the context of your, comment, uh, your comments, Dan, around funding growth um, and also returning capital to shareholders. You know, things are going really, really well now. Um, but how comfortable are you with the level of gearing through the cycle and sort of i.e. should we expect further pay down um, in debt or, or that capital to return? Thanks, Keegan. Great, great question. Um, the, the governing thought is we're very comfortable with the level of debt, um, a, a gearing ratio, you know, half a, half a turn is, um, is, is very comfortable on any measure. Um, we, you know, if, if there's cash available, um, you know, the, the, the intent is uh, to both pay dividends and pay down debt over time. Uh, we, we don't want a slow investment, though, so um, we'll, we'll see how we go in the next um, in the next six months. But uh, it is um, possible that, that you could expect more um, more debt pay down over that period, yes. You know, things, things are strong and we'll pay to their shareholders and, and part of the banks as well. Thanks for taking the question, team. Thanks. Thanks, Keegan. Thanks, Keegan. We have no additional questions at the moment. Daniel, I'll hand it back to you for closing remarks. Um, well, if there are no further questions, um, we will get on with uh, doing what we do and uh, hope you guys have a great day. And uh, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our update. Thank you.